to the German Versatile Hunting Dog Files. I'm your host, Tim Moore, and the purpose of this podcast is to provide an in-depth look at the training, testing, and hunting adventures of the German Versatile Breeds. So before we get started, hit pause, go grab yourself a tall, cold glass of your favorite drink, sit back, relax, and get ready to enjoy another episode of the German Versatile Hunting Dog Files. If this is your first time tuning in, thanks for joining us, and I hope you enjoy the show as well as future episodes. I decided to start this project for many reasons, but two that really stick out above the rest are to inform and attract new people to the world of the German breeds and testing system, and secondly, to provide a resource and maybe a touch of entertainment to all the members, new and old, of the various German breed clubs. I was fortunate when I got my first DK to be surrounded by guys and gals I already trained with through NAVDA that were familiar with the testing system. But I know that's not true for everyone. I could have never been so successful without them, and for that, I want to say thank you. I've had conversations over the years with these individuals, and we've discussed how to help new members that are not as fortunate as I was to have experienced people to train with and explain the test. About a year ago, I started listening to more and more podcast episodes, and bam, it came to me. How about a podcast that focused on the German reads and the testing system? Not as only could this be something that could bring instant value, but could also become a resource library for future members. Today, we will begin unraveling the various tests in part one of two of understanding the JGHV and DKV testing system. We are joined by two fantastic guys today, Scott Sorensen and Jeff Hinkey. They are both judges, trainers, breeders in the JGHV and DKV. These two guys pretty much live and breathe German versatile hunting dogs. So welcome to the show, Scott and Jeff. Thanks for coming on to help our listeners understand the various tests and their purposes. Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you. Scott, as we get started here, can you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, Scott Sorensen. I've been in, I got my first DK in 2000, 2001, I guess. Um, kind of jumped in with both feet. Um, was really uh, taken by the system and the versatility of the dogs. Um, and so... I decided to become a judge, started breeding. Um, I'm currently the director of judge development for the NADKC and the NAJGV and um, a field judge and a confirmation judge for the DKV system and um, also the Western Regional Director for the NADKC and the Vice Chairman for the NAJGHV. Um, so pretty involved in it. I grew up with um, hunting dogs in, in Wisconsin. I was there. Uh, I had actually, my dad had long-haired Springer Spaniels. And when I got out of the military and started looking for bird dogs again, one of my requirements was a short coated, uh, easy to take care of dog. And that's where I kind of landed in the DK area. So, um, that's, uh, my experience kind of in a nutshell. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks, Scott. 
Uh, Jeff, your turn. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. So, Jeff Hankey, yeah, I've been, oh, I've had dogs all my life. I, I, uh, a guy moved in across the road from my grandparents when I was, I don't know, I got my first dog from him actually when I was 10. I started doing chores for him and stuff, and he raised German wire hairs. So, we got involved with, Oh, like the horseback trials and stuff. He did that. And it was kind of weird because he had separate dogs that he did the trials with. And then he had dogs that he hunted. And I thought that was kind of different. Um, so when I was young, got into some of the AKC hunt tests. Um, that first dog, you know, I had for 11 years or so. And while I had that first wire hair, I had a Brittany Spaniel for a while. I had uh, some coon hounds. Uh but uh, so in the early 80s or so, I'd gotten my second wire hair and run into knob to people, got involved with that. And that was kind of a better fit, you know, using the same dog for everything. And and uh, I also I took a little curve. I, I got a Chesapeake for a while and did some of the retriever test stuff. But uh I'd always had the wire hairs and I run into some people that had the German registered dogs and I got my first one of them in 1990. Um, ran the puppy test. The fall test happened to be opening weekend of duck season. So, uh, I missed that. <laughs> so <laughs> our, uh, our, our priorities, priorities right? change, I think, you know, so, uh, but then from that, I imported a dog in 2002, a Drodhar, and, and got into the breeding, testing a lot more. I ran her through VGP um, before, you know, we had the first litter, uh, had our first litter in 2005 and became a judge in 2007, kind of been going pretty strong at it ever since, became a blood track, track judge in 2010. Uh, we're still members of NABDA, VDD, GNA, and of course, NADKC. We do KLM tests, the DLs, Poodle Pointer Club, all them. We, uh, we host a lot of tests here, a lot of training days. Uh, so my wife has Spinonis, so we, we do some of that and, She's got a couple Broncos now, um, so that's kind of interesting. You know, we do the knob to stuff with them, so we're pretty involved in it. We seems like that's about all we do is the dog test, and then of course hunt all fall. So sounds like a, uh, sounds like a good world to be in, right? It's not bad. It's not bad. We enjoy it so. And it's quite a family you get, you know, just the people you meet, you know, like with the DK group, you know, I've known Rich for a long time and, you know, met Scott here quite a while back. Just a really good group of people. And, you know, it's it's pretty cool, you know, meet up with them. Judging and stuff is really neat. You know, judging the different breeds is is pretty cool. It's see what you know everybody's got the same goals in mind you know and just watching the different dogs a little different style of getting the same thing done is pretty neat cool so. cool well we'll definitely appreciate it and uh thanks for coming on our show again and uh 
Uh, guys, how about we get started and jump right in with an overview of the testing system uh, and help our listeners understand a little bit more about each particular test and so forth. All right. Before we get uh, too in-depth, uh, I'm going to call on one of you to uh, tell our listeners uh, who or what the JGHV and DKV stands for. And uh, if you, you can accomplish it in your best German accent, we, our listeners might appreciate yeah. that a little more. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know about a German accent. I'll do the versatile. So the JGHV is Versatile Hunting Dog Association, basically. It's and they handle the testing part for the most part of all the different breed clubs. They, you know, they. Uh, it's a testing organization that handles all the different breeds. I guess is the best way to explain that. Scott might have a better explanation, but no, that's essentially it's a the umbrella, I guess the the parent club of all testing organizations, regardless of breed, that are FCI registered. So all of the breed clubs. Um, fall under the JGHV umbrella as far as testing goes. Okay. And, and, and you know, I, I, I tossed DKV in there also because I, I know that they, they do fall under the JGHV, but they also have their own set of spring and fall breed tests, uh, which, we'll, which we'll get into and we'll care, compare a little bit as we, as we go through our rundown here. Um, right. And uh, the DKV is, is the Deutsch Conserve Veraband, which is uh, a breed club, just like the, the VDD GNA or the, the, the KLM group and so forth like that. So, um, yeah. And uh, so as we as we start to test off and we start talking about the spring breed test, we got the VJP and, and the Derby here, guys. So um, the one you want to grab one of them and, and the other grab the other and, and we can talk a little bit about them. We'll start with the VJP. Go. Sure, Jeff. I'm, you want to take that sure. right away? <clears throat> so it's it's basically, you know, that test. It's first test. You're looking at dogs that, uh, you know, they're around a year old. I mean, they could be anywhere from. Actually, I mean, you could have them as young as six months, I suppose. You know, if you got a late litter, um, six months to maybe even a little over a year old. But you're basically looking for inherited traits. You're not looking for a finished dog. You want to see what they're born with. Um, you know, they're, you know, well-defined search. And again, you know, it's, it's a natural ability test, but there has to have been some socialization there. You know, I mean, you can't, you know, take a dog that hasn't been in the field and expect to see, you know, great things out of them. You know, they... It helps a lot if people have spent a little time, got them on, a, you know, they have to track a rabbit. They, In a VJP, they, they want to see a field search. They want to see that they have the instinct to point. And then they want to see if they have any kind of uh, ability to track. And that's, um, and when you're looking at tracks, you're looking at track sureness and will define. So, you know, when, and the tracking part, and I think it's probably the hardest thing we judge um, when it comes to uh, a 
especially on the cottontails, which the test really wasn't designed to be run on a cottontail rabbit. They're really kind of hard to hard to get a decent track out of a lot of times. But you want to see the dog, you know, show interest in the track and be able to advance the track. And then you also want to see what that dog does when they when they lose scent, when they overrun a corner or they get too far one side or the other. And that's where the will to find comes in. You know, how bad do they try to pick that back up? And that's, a, you know, that can be a big part of their test or a big part of their score. It might not be a real long track, but that dog's will to find. He comes back and he's able to pick it up, maybe advance it a little bit. So it's, it's really, like I said, in, in my mind, it's the hardest, one of the hardest things we judge. Just, uh, but, you know, again, basically, it's you're looking at inherited traits, you know, the, the dogs well defined in the field. If they get out and push, if they look like they have a purpose in their search. And then what they do when they find game, you know, do they establish a point? Do they, you know, are they, they want to run in and get a hold of them. Some dogs are, you know, got a little less point in them than others. And sometimes that has a lot to do with, you know, how much they've been in the field, you know, how much experience they've had. So. Sure. Exposure um, you know, sure. is key. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a lot of it. I mean, you're, you're wanting to see, like, again, natural ability, but, there's they have to be exposed you know they, right well put yeah and, and like i think people, some people that. miss that too they uh they they yeah. they just think they're going to show up to a natural ability test and we run in that with the navda a lot too you know and, and when oh you know, exactly yeah you know um and it's yeah. uh people got to understand it's, it's natural ability but they you know you have to have that socialization is, is a good way to put it and then you have Absolutely. They have to have been out. They have to have something to trigger that, that instinct. And, uh, you know, like with the point, you know, wild birds, if you got a dog that you've had them into wild birds, you know, something they've not been able to get a hold of, you can see some, some pretty intense points on some pretty young dogs. If, you know, if they've had a little bit of experience. So, mm-hmm. and the same way on the tracks. You know, the trouble we run into with with a lot of times on, especially on cottontails, is some of these dogs get pretty smart pretty fast. They learn they can see them, you know, and it's kind of hard once they've seen a rabbit or two or if they've been in places where they can push a rabbit up. um, It's kind of hard to hard to get them to get their head down and track when they think they can run and push one up. And and we see that in some of the young dogs. they get True. kind of wound up and it becomes a visual thing more than a scent thing for some of them. So, okay. Okay. And so you said, now we mentioned that the dog is judged in uh, uh, five, uh, five categories for score purposes. So, you know, the track uh, on, on a rabbit or Fox, uh, the use of nose, and, uh, the, yep, the search nose. Uh, pointing and then cooperation. Um, but there's, there's also some other things that are looked at too in that test. You know, the um, you look at obedience. There, you know, you know, method of hunting. Like if they get an opportunity uh, on a track, or you know, if they open up, if they'll if they'll go sight loud or scent loud, <clears throat> that's indicated. 
Um, and then we also, you know, know um, just <clears throat> some of their feet, you know, their attributes is uh, a little bit to do with their mental makeup. You know, are they aggressive? We also do uh, gun sensitivity. There's a couple shots fired. You know, how do they react to, to gunfire? Um, and just, you know, mental stabilities looked at, uh, you know, if they're an extremely active fidgety dog, stuff like that, or if they're more calm, um, and that stuff's just, that's just noted, um, along with physical attributes. We look at, you know, eyes, teeth, stuff like that. And all that stuff's just noted, not, you know, no score given, but, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. But it's just information for the breeders. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then real quick, so and, and we'll we'll talk about the, the derby in a minute here, but uh the scoring system is, is a one through twelve. Um right. could you explain just a, a quick overview on the on the point? All right. So yeah, so the, the twelve point system instead of just you know being it's like I said, zero, one, two four not sufficient three four and five would be sufficient six seven eight is good nine ten and eleven very good and then 12 for excellent um 12 points you know to get a 12 there's got to be a level of difficulty there there has to be a written explanation as to why you know why that dog's awarded to 12 the only things you can get 12 in at uh vjp is uh the track, the hair track, and use of nose. Okay. So, and the rest of them, it gives you a little bit of room to play with. You know, like you, a very good could be a nine, ten, or eleven. It, you know, it might be, you know, a little bit better than good. So, a nine or a solid, very good would be a ten. You know, maybe a little extra level of difficulty, you'd go eleven. And the same okay. way with the good, you know, a strong, you know, just a firm good is seven where like a good plus is an eight. Um, okay. It's kind of how that works. So, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And uh, Scott, you want to jump in and and, uh, and kind of uh, tackle the holes in the derby and explain the differences in the derby a little bit and the scoring is that on that as well? Okay. Um, the, the Derby is a DKV test. So that's a Deutsch-Kutzer-Verbon test. And that is only for DKs, Deutsch-Kutzers. All the other breeds typically do the VJP to qualify for their breeding requirements because they need a rabbit track. So the DKV and the Derby is, again, a natural ability spring puppy test. Typically, your dogs are that year, that same age as Jeff was talking about. Um, the way I kind of explain to my puppy buyers is it's um, so the breed year for these dogs starts October 1 and goes until September 31st. That's your that's your pedigree number breed year. So the dogs have to test that following breed year. So sometimes you can end up with if a if a breeder has a litter of puppies in September, then they're six, seven months old when they run the derby at 
But if you have a breeder that has a fall litter, then you, you can have a dog running a derby at 16, 17 months old. So mm -hmm. it, um, it kind of, in my opinion, it kind of pays to um, look at when puppies are born, depending on what you want to do with testing. Um, that's just so, but so that's your age groups for a derby. And then the derby is essentially it's, we do the same kind of stuff except for there's no rabbit track. So you, the dogs are evaluated on nose, pointing, search, cooperation, desire to work and obedience. And those are all scored. Unlike the BJP where, um, your obedience is just noted in a category from good to sufficient or insufficient. So in the Derby, the obedience is scored and is scored on a one to four system being one from zero to four, basically. Um, and coincides with categories of, you know, zero being insufficient Two or one is poor, two is sufficient three is good, four is very good. And then in the categories of nose point, pointing and search, the dogs can obtain a 4-H, which the H signifies excellent work, just kind of like the the 12 in the VJP. So, sure. um, again, it's a natural ability test, but it's, it's a test that requires you to expose your dog. Um, if you, there's not, there's not a lot of hard training, not, you need to, as a handler, in my opinion, wake, wake up those senses and those, those desires in the dog by exposing it to certain things to get it ready for this test. Um, if you do that and get your dog out and expose it to birds and get it to respond to you and and uh, search properly and and all those things, they usually fare pretty well in a in a derby. It's a relatively simple test as long as you take the time to get your dog um, some exposure. Okay. And then Excellent. then we're also evaluating well we'll look at gun sensitivity um and then they're also looking at um the physical attributes of a dog in in the teeth and the eyes um you know in in an overall just kind of physical impression of the dog at at the derby level and depending on the judge that's there and what qualifications they have they can uh they can if you're a, a special Zook Richter, um, uh, uh, breed show judge that has had had more training, they can disqualify or not. They can disqualify your dog if there's a physical fault at that point, but not all judges can do that. Okay. Okay. It's definitely a good point to know. So uh, that's something I was unaware of at this point. So yeah, definitely have to, Keep that in the back there. Um, now, also, too, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, and you, you, maybe you can explain a little more about it, too, for me because I'm not as knowledgeable on it. But uh, in the DKV system, they can obtain a rabbit track called uh, the Andrea Starr Award. 
Correct. And that that is a possibility at a derby, but but the regulations it it can't be requested by a handler. It just has to happen. So okay. the judging team the judging team can't take handler A out intentionally to go find him a rabbits when handler B and C don't get to do it. Okay. Um, and so it, it just has to happen. So, but the one, one thing I'll point out to all your listeners is that from my DO put my DOJ hat on, which is the director of judge development for these clubs. It, you are required as a handler to have had to have handled a dog through a VJP, regardless of the breed that you do that you're handling. So all of my DK guys that are out here, if you ever intend on running and becoming a judge, which you're not thinking about right now at the puppy test, but you should always do the VJP also because that's a guaranteed rabbit track. And then you can that dog is evaluated on a rabbit track, and which is a requirement for you to become a judge. So something okay. to think about, even though you know it's a puppy test and it's your first one, is something to think about. Okay, okay, definitely, yeah. It's something again, these are all key points that people don't uh, think about, and and not the average person is going to have a dog every two years or three years. You know, you're you know the average person is going to maybe have one to two dogs at any given time and they're going to be spaced out. So if you get a puppy and, and you think, uh, Hey, I'll just wait on the VJP and, and get that rabbit track later. And, and that opportunity doesn't present itself. And now you're at a five or six year lull where you thought, Hey, you know, being a judge might be something I want to do. Now you got to either get a dog or borrow a dog or, or get another dog and run it through the test. So that's definitely a good excuse uh, for your, for your wives out there. Uh, why you should have more than one talk if that if the, if you need that leverage, guys. So, um, but uh, but fantastic. All right. Well, uh, I, I think we kind of uh, got a good gist of of those two. How about we move on to the uh, fall breed test, which are the HZP and the Zalms? Sounds good to me. Sure, sure, right. Jeff. Uh, you want you want to grab the HZP, sure. sir? Yeah. So. HCP is again, it's a breed year, like um, Scott explained. Um, and I think this is where the timing on your litters really comes into play, in my opinion, anyway. Because uh, uh, you could possibly be running one year old dogs in this test. You know, if you had, say, a September litter, um, they would have to run that following year um where if you had you know an october litter you'd have you could have pup you know they might be almost two you know you know so that it can really make a difference in this test um again it's 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 a natural ability test but it's more refined uh you want to see a little more you know control and you want to see um a little more cooperation i mean a dog should be more experienced a little i mean they should you know you should we're in the vjp you want to see a dog point whether or not you can get to the dog isn't really taken into account in an hcp Mm -hmm. it is you know you should be able to get to that dog you should 
you know, at least be able to get a shot on that. And, you know, preferably should be able to get up to the dog. I mean, you don't necessarily have to, but they should be a little more steady, hold point a little better. Um, they don't have to be steady. Um, again, you're just wanting to see that they have, you know, the instinct to point, but it should be a little more refined than what you're looking at in the first test. The biggest thing with this test is the required to retrieve and um, manner of retrieve is huge. Um, so, you know, I'm a huge uh, proponent of retrieve training. I think all the dogs need to be retrieve trained to be a re you know reliable retriever and um, just to ensure you get that consistent manner of retrieve mm -hmm. and the dog, you know, it's not going to be playing with game, not, you know what I mean? I mean, they're going to get a good grip. They're going to come straight back. You know, that's what we're looking for. So, uh, that's the huge difference. So, and there's, there's, uh, so there's drag tracks, two drag tracks, uh, one feather, one fur, you got 300 meters for fur, a rabbit, um, and 200 meters for uh, the feather. And I, I'm not sure, and Scott can go into that, is is it longer in Psalms? Are they? Yeah, there's there's a difference. The, uh, the feather is 150 and the, the fur is 350. Okay. I knew there was, I always have to look, but yeah, I knew there was a little bit of difference there. But, but either way, you know, so the, it's just, you know, the, the rabbit, um, they're in the field, you know, it's open. Hopefully, you know, in most scenarios, you should be able to see the dog all the way out and back. That's not always the case. Sometimes cover might be a little higher. You got to kind of use what you, what you have. Um, or there might be some hills or something where you can't always see the dog all the way out and back. But, you know, we try real hard. Ideally, we want to see them all the way out and back. Uh, but 300 meters long, a drag track for the rabbit. You bring the dog up, put them on the track. You know, you're going to, you're scoring how well they adhere to the drag on the way out to it. And as soon as they pick up the game, we're scoring the manner of retrieve. So, you know, that's how they pick it up, how they carry it, how they present it. You know, do they just come right in and sit down? Do they hold it till you tell them out? Um, mm -hmm. and all that's taken into consideration for that manner retrieve score. Um, and then there's water work. They have to do, uh, gun sensitivity and a blind retrieve. And the same goes there. It's, uh, you know, that manner retrieve of retrieve. Once they get the game, you know, how do they, do they come straight in, um, sit and all that's taken into a, into account um the regulations just changed on that they kind of went back to what in my what they were years ago when i when i first started in that you can you can give a command if the dog up to two commands you're going to drop a predicate once the dog gets the game and starts back if they start to veer off or act like they're going to lay it down and you got to give another command, you're going to, uh, 
you're going to lose a predicate for that. Um, you and when you, when you say predicate, you mean you mean a, a point? Well, no, so a category. A category. So in it. So this again is a twelve point system. So you would go from, you know, very good to the good. You know, so okay. if you had to give a command, the best you could get would be a seven. You know, in the there good you go. category. Okay. If you have to give another command, you'd be down to a four, three, or a five. Four. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and I don't know, and that's another thing Scott can touch on. I'm not sure if the DK, if that's allowed or not, in a songs. No, it, it, it is not. Um, right. I can go. You're right. So, but any, on this, so, and then after those two, there's a, there's a duck search where there'll be a, a duck's rendered flightless. It's thrown out, swims off and hides. And then you have to send the dog in to retrieve. And ideally they want to see the dog search until, you know, they either, push the duck out, maybe come across the track. You can, you know, on the water, you can see the dog track. Um, they might push it up on the bank and catch it. They might push it out in the water where it has to be shot. If, if they do catch it on the bank or it's shot for them, they have to make the retrieve. If it's not, if they don't come in contact with the, the duck, then they don't, they, they're not required to do that. Then, in scoring the retrieves, the rabbit drag and the feather drag are both standalone scores. Your waterwork scores are averaged. Your manner of retrieve scores. So you're either averaging, you know, two, or if they happen to catch the duck, then you're averaging a third one. Um, and then those are averaged with your drag tracks you know, both of them and you get an overall manner of retrieve score. Um, but again, the, the most important thing in that test is the retrieve training. They, they have to have the retrieve training. Um, sure. And, and, and you went and, uh, something, something I had in my notes here is that when, when you talk about these, these tests, there's, um, and, and we'll get more into it in future episodes when we break them down specifically. But there's uh, uh, these two tests here. We're talking about the VJP and the HZP. You're going to find all the rules and regulations found in the VZPO, um, which is the JGHV right. uh, rules to the test. And then the the Derby and Zalms will be found in the Gray Book, which is a DKV book. Um, but one key thing to remember when you're reading this book is it, it's translated from German, so it's tough sometimes to understand what they're saying, but the two key words you, you should always, should always, you must find and you should always pay attention to are must and should. Um, the, the, exactly. They'll specify in there if the dog must do this or should do this. Um, you so know, and then, when, in an easy way for me to, so the should things are basically scorable. You know, they're, they should do it, and you're going to score to what extent they did do that. The must things are pass or fail. They're not, you know, it. They're not scorable. There's no variance in 
in the must things. It's either they do it or they don't. And where the should things, there's a variance there. You know, to what level did they do that is kind of how I keep them kind of straight in my head. But, yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and again, they're, they're same thing. They're judged on the uh, the confirmation fault, or not judged, but evaluated of confirmation faults, right. the uh, uh, shyness, fearfulness, so forth. They can be marked out, uh, you know, the uh, uh, gunfire uh, sensitivity. Um, and the gun and then, the gunfire sensitivity is, is huge. They'll do gunfire sensitivity in the field at an HCP, but they'll also do it in the water. And that's something you definitely want to, the dog to have some experience with. Um, and the best way to do that is simply shooting ducks in front of a dog. You know, when they're chasing a, a duck, I mean, to have some ducks killed in front of the dog, because they're going to fire live ammunition when that dog's in the water swimming for that dead duck that they've thrown out. There's a live round shot into the water, so they have to be used to that. And it's it's a big deal because if the dog doesn't do that gun sensitivity, um, they're done. They can't go on. If they refuse that retrieve, they can't do the blind. They can't do, you know, they can't go on with the test. And, you know, dogs that are gun sensitive aren't allowed to breed, so... It's a right. It can be a big deal, right? And and, and I think uh, uh, I had a conversation with somebody a while back about that, and they said, "Well, no, you could you could do your blind retrieve and then your your gun sensitivity." I said, "No, no, it says right in no. the manual must it, must be tested right. in that order." Right. There's a set order, and it has to be gun sensitivity first, followed by the blind, followed by the duck search, and you have to complete each one before you can continue to the other uh a dog that doesn't complete the blind cannot do a duck search so yeah and there's 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 a purpose behind all that is from what i'm explained is that again if a dog refuses the 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 shot dead duck or or the water being broke with a live ammunition then they're they're not worthy to search behind the duck where the duck might be shot and the same thing is if a dog is not exactly. going to go out and clearly find game on their own accord and retrieve it to you, then again, same thing, they're not worthy to to uh, be put on a live yeah. duck where they may or may not uh, decide to retrieve that. So uh, pur- purpose behind that, I guess they, they have uh, reasons for all that. Um, when you when you talk about these scores, Jeff and, and Scott, um, I think something we missed to mention earlier is uh, the uh, the multiplier, like for, for the – jghv test everything has a multiplier so like for example the multiplier of the the uh search with live duck is a three so right so yeah so like in the puppy test you're tracking and use of nose have multipliers of two and the vjp and everything else is a multiplier of one where when you get to the hcp um like you said, your duck search. Um, and if you do, uh, trying to find it here. If you do the, uh, you can do an HCP with a rabbit track. And Correct. that also has a higher multiplier. Uh, 
let me get to I should have had that out but that's that's a that's a multiplier of three right right so right. yeah your hair track nose and search behind the duck have multipliers of three and then your search pointing and uh cooperation have multipliers of two everything else is is one mm -hmm. so right. yeah so you know your nose and and uh like I said, that duck search and the hair track have, you know, some pretty high multipliers, so carry more weight. Absolutely, absolutely. And and Scott, when we look at the, the Zalms test compared to this, like you did point out a couple small uh, differences. Um, you know, is there any other, other differences that come to your mind? Yeah. Um, so again, it's on a four point system. Um, you can, you know, and the big, the biggest difference between I think the BJP or the, the JGHV scoring system and the DKV scoring system, the way I kind of explain it to people is I can paint a, I can use a fine brush painting a picture scoring a dog with a BJP versus I got to use a broad stroke brush on eight on a Solms and a Derby in the DKV system because of the four point system. So it's, okay. it's, that's because you can, you can get a little more finite with a 12 point system than you can with a, with a four point system, but okay. to the Solms and the AZP. So the Solms is again, your breed year fall test. And then the AZP, which is a is a test that's specific to DKV and not allowed with any of the other breed clubs, is it is it's designed so you can you can run a dog through an AZP, which is essentially the same as a Solms, up to the age of six. And the reason and it's designed for dogs that were injured or something happened to them. Um where they couldn't run that first year. Now, okay. you know, some, you know, people use it. Um, you know, there's no, there's no requirements as far as justifying why you can do, why you do the AZP or Solms. Um, but that being said, as a judge, typically in the way the regulations read, the AZP is, your expectations as a judge for from a dog that's running through the AZP should be higher. They should be more obedient. They should be better behind have little manners behind game and and handle game better because they're now you're evaluating a dog anywhere from three to six years old in that system, mm -hmm. which will qualify the dog for breeding. It qualifies the dog for breeding. But it, as a handler, it doesn't qualify you for obtaining your apprenticeship to become a judge. Um, important point to note, in my opinion. But the Solms is, again, evaluating the nose, the search, the pointing, cooperation, and desire to work are all scored on a one-to-four system. Um, then you have the water work in the same sequence that – is in the HCP where you do the blind or the, the gun sensitivity, the blind and the search behind the live duck. 
and then you have your feathered and furred game drags, which I mentioned earlier, have have differences in length compared to the the HZP. Our feather is 150, and the fur is 350. Um, they used to the actually the the rabbit. Interesting note: the rabbit drag used to be 500 meters. Yeah. When before they changed the rules a few years ago. Um, That's a long so, way. That was a long. Then we're, oh, then we're long. Yeah. Then we're long pulls. So, um, yeah. but they're they're similar. Um, the the big difference, in my opinion, between the Solms and um, the HZP is in the HZP on the drags. There's there's a lot of they're the they're looking for the connection to the track as far as in in the VZPO. Um, mm-hmm. When you look when you look at the at the DKV regulations in the gray book there's it says willingly and, and happily finding the game so and you'll find that in my experience as a dk owner and judges that the dk's track a bit different than most of the other breeds and that in my opinion is directly related to the way these regulations are stated so okay okay because a, a, D, a dk is running with a little higher head most of the right. time and 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 doesn't track quite as they're not quite as focused or as quite as glued dialed into a track in my opinion as say the moose landers or the drop hars and and you see that you see that difference in in the way they're scored in my opinion in okay. versus the two tests um All right yeah. and then, I- um no, go ahead, Jeff. Oh, I just gonna, you know, the the thing I would like to bring up about the the diff, just the ability to run that second test. I didn't realize you could run it till they was six, but um, that's an an awesome option to have, and we don't have that. So if, if you know, with our dog, if we miss that HCP, um, our only hope of getting a dog breedable is a VGP. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, um, and that's a huge step. And uh, it would be nice, especially like last year with the COVID stuff. I mean, there was some dogs that just missed out on being tested. And it would be nice to be able to pick that up. But we just, we don't have that option. So that's kind of cool that um, the DKs can do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And And then, and then on, um, like the scoring system again, there's the Solms has that 4H, which is the excellent work, just kind of like the 12 and the VJP and, and the HCP, and that's awarded to your. You can earn that in the nose search pointing and search behind the live duck are the only categories in which you can get a 4H because everything else is considered kind of a trained subject. Okay. So, Right. And one thing to note on like all the trained subjects, like for us, the highest in a like a VJP, the highest you can get is a 10. And they all have a multiplier of just one. You, you cannot get an 11 in a trained subject, which is, you know, your blind retrieve and, and drag tracks and, and all that. So. So mm-hmm. yeah, going going through the the I guess the 
backing up to the HCP. So your natural ability subjects in which you can get an 11 or a 12 in are nose, your track, the tracking. If, if you go to a test that does a rabbit track, the use of nose, the search, the pointing, cooperation, desire to work, and the search behind a live duck are all considered natural ability subjects. Whereas the blind retrieve, the re, the manners of retrieve on all your on all your game and your obedience and your drags are all considered trained subjects, and those are at most a ten with a multiplier of one. Mm-hmm. So sure, sure, and, and you, then you'll you know, actually have two different scores. You'll have a score on top on your. Um, your natural ability subjects and then a score below for your trained subject. And then the two are combined. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I, I never saw that. I'm looking at the uh, score sheet right now and, and I, I, and I was cheating a little bit. I, uh, I had, uh, the, uh, digital format of the, the VZPO up on my other laptop here. So I was, I was able to scroll through it pretty quick there. Uh, so, but, um, yeah. Now the other thing too is, uh, and I don't know if we, uh, if if you said this already, Scott, and stop me if you did, but I I think uh, the JGHV or you know change in the HZP where Jeff mentioned earlier, if a dog does not produce a duck in the duck search or find a duck, um, that it doesn't have to retrieve it. Where in the DKV, they're still doing that fifth retrieve, that that final retrieve of a uh, of uh, throwing a bird. Correct. So a bird is thrown or something. Yeah, there. Well, the biggest thing is the the corrections. So in in the in the Psalms, so in the HZP, comparing the two, in the HZP, if a dog has a bobble or has problems on a retrieve, where say for example, if the dog is going to veer off or lay the duck, say lay the duck down. And you as a mm-hmm. handler can can correct that dog and say fetch. And so upon that correction, like Jeff stated earlier, you're going to lose a predicate. So you're going to go from a baseline 10 to a 7. And you can do that two times. And you're going to drop from a 7 back down to a 4. Um, and that you're allowed your two corrections. In, in the Psalms... There are no corrections allowed. Okay. So and so and this this all all these rule changes took place in 2017. But the the so the JGHV changed rules. The DKV did not. So the we're still under the old system of no. You send your dog on a retrieve on one command. It's the expectations are for the dog to go out, pick it up, come back, sit down and deliver without any interference or influence from you. Except for when it gets in that close proximity, you, when it gets back to you, you're always, no matter what test you're at on a retrieve, you're entitled to one, as it's stated, one not loud command. So you can tell your dog to sit every time it comes in on a retrieve. You can't, you know, you're not supposed to slap it on the rear end and holler at it, but you can tell it to sit, and that mm-hmm. that's allowed. Yeah, but only when it only when it's delivering the game and in close proximity. Okay, right. And another thing to note is, 
in either case, before they get to the game, you can actually handle the dog. I mean, you can, you know, if you need to guide them with command, you know, like to get them in the area of the blind, you're, you're allowed to handle the dog to get them there. And you're allowed to guide the dog somewhat in a duck search to get them from one spot to another. But Mm -hmm. after they make contact, after they pick up the game, that's when, you know, no more commands, you know, in the, in the, like he said, in the Psalms, you're going to, you're going to fail the test and you get two commands with the, the JGH, you know, in the V HCP. Um, mm-hmm. If you have to give more than two, you're going to, you're going to fail it. Um, sure. sure. Another thing to point out, Jeff, you can't oh. go ahead. No, I just wanted to clarify, wanted to clarify that you can handle your dog in the water, but you can't give your dog a line and give it hand signals on a on a furred or a feathered game drag. No, just in the water. Right. You're right. Yeah. And that's yeah. But you can when they're like on the blind retrieve in the water, you can handle the dog to get them to the to the bird. But once they make contact with it, then you can't. No more intervention. Mm-hmm. So sure, sure. Um, and another thing I wanted to note on the <clears throat> on the HCP, like you know, there are some they're run with a hair track and some without, and that's actually if you look at the scores, you know their their score will be like a one seventy five, and it'll say OSP. That's without the spur or without the track, where. Okay. M spur will be with the track. So if you look at a score, um, you know, you might see a fairly high score. Well, there's a possibility of, you know, there's a whole nother subject. So, and it'll be with the, that will have the M spur has the track. O spur does not. Okay. Or SP or SL, I guess it is. I can't. Yeah. There's a designation. Good to know. know. Yeah, we. Um, I don't want to get too. We can keep going down down the road on this, but and I know some of these subjects are going to talk. We're going to talk about in the next test here. Uh, you know, our crossover from the the HZP ZOMs, uh, AZP. Uh, they're just judged a little, possibly a little more stringent and so forth. But uh, you know, we'll give uh, and and again, this is a large test. The next one we're going to talk about, so we don't have to go nearly in depth because it, it's going to be uh, a multiple episode uh, um, chapter with uh, with this whole test when we get to it but the VGP so when we hit the stop recording button I realized that we were pushing an hour and a half with this recording so it was at that moment I realized I was going to have to uh, split this one into two episodes so please don't be too harsh on my editing skills just yet uh, I've got uh, some learning yet to do, but uh, but we're getting there. So, um, you know, I, I do have some closing stories from our guests that uh, you'll get to enjoy in part two. Uh, but I didn't want to leave the listeners high and dry here in part one. So I thought I would share one of my adventures with you guys and gals today. Uh, this past season, I was hunting with one of my uh, partners at our, our favorite state ground. And uh, Grant, uh, who was my, my male had pointed a pheasant and uh, Sage, uh, his hunting buddy uh, there, uh, 
uh, had a beautiful honor. And uh, before we could get into position to shoot, the bird obviously flushed out on us. So it was time to decide, take the shot or don't. In that split second, I had to decide, shoot. It was shoot. I definitely shot. My partner had zero opportunity to shoot, so it was all on me. Well, I shot and I hit the bird, but the outcome was not exactly what I wanted. Uh, this bird just didn't quite fall out of the sky. Uh, it managed to glide all the way to the edge of the timber set. Uh, you know, the strange part about it, though, is that I had zero concern that we'd recover this bird, you know, with these two dogs. Uh, because I knew that these versatile machines uh, can not only point, but they're uh, hella tracking dogs, too. So um, these two definitely made short work of tracking and pinning down that crippled bird. Uh, when it was located, uh, it, it was dead and had wedged itself underneath a large limb on a tree that was on the ground. Um, this is one snapshot of a million reasons why a, a good bird dog, whatever breed it is, whether it's a, a German versatile breed or uh, uh, an AKC breed or anything else like that, that's why it, it's a pleasure to hunt behind any of them, you know. Um, but, you know, in my opinion, uh, a versatile dog is truly the whole package. Not only can they, they point and do water work and, and they, they can also track not only wounded game, but, uh, but dead game and so forth like that. So, um. You know, just to, just to kind of give you a little insight, it, it was, um, you know, those moments like that are, are moments that you truly, uh, you know, sit back and realize that that these dogs are just amazing, you know, um, that, that any of them. And, and um, as you get older in life, you learn to appreciate the dog itself more and the actual hunt than, than actually shooting a bird. So I uh, just thought I'd share that with you guys today. Um, and then uh, on the next episode, we will continue our overview um, of the, the testing system, and we're going to go right into the VGP and beyond. Uh, I hope that our listeners have enjoyed this episode as much as we did recording it for you. So please remember to click the subscribe button, and don't forget to like our page on Facebook and follow us. Until next time, Wise Ms. Heil and Prost.